This is the culture. Welcome back to the Cinema Wave podcast. If you guys like this conversation and would like to hear more about us and who we are, please check us out at Cinema Wave Media on Instagram and TikTok, as well as at underscore Culture Wave Media on Instagram. Also, we just want to give a thank you to everyone who's been listening to and watching our content. Please be sure to hit the like button, subscribe to our show on YouTube, Spotify, and or Apple Podcasts. And also be sure to share with your friends. I'm one of your hosts, Darian Scalamoni, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host for this episode, Liz Seiko. Liz, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So today, we are going to be dissecting the series premiere of The Idol, which is the latest show that came out on HBO the other night from Euphoria creator Sam Levinson. Um, But I want to throw to you, Liz, like, just in general, what did you think overall about the premiere of this highly talked about program? I I don't even know where to start right now with this. Um, I I thought it was really bad. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. I thought it was really bad. Um, I thought they got this. I I don't I don't know where they're going with the storyline. I thought it was super sexualized, too too much almost. I'm I'm not against nudity in any way, but I feel like if you're just throwing it out there to shock the audience and it's not really a purpose, like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get more into that. What are, what's your first instinct? Off so, of yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Sam Levinson. Uh, like, again, I watch Euphoria. I think we're both watchers of Euphoria. Yes, um, yes. And this was one that, when it was first announced, I was interested, especially because of the weekend's involvement, well, just yeah. in general. Um, I'm a big fan, if the people at home don't know this, like, Uncut Gems is one of my favorite movies. He has a very, very small role in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought he was okay in the small role that he was in, and I was like, okay. He has, also has a really, really deep love and appreciation of cinema. Like, mm-hmm. all of his music videos are very movie-related, and he's created all these great short films that he's done for his, like, music and Well, he's great like with storylines. Like, even in his persona kind of of the weekend, like when he was getting ready to do, I think it was the Super Bowl or something mm-hmm. like that. He created this whole story for this like Instagram to like, he's just a storyteller. So I had high expectations too. Yeah. I, but... I think, I think that just in general though, overall, I agree with you in terms of, um, there, there were, there were, there, there were, <laughs> it's like, there, where do we start? Yeah. It's like, Here it's like, go. all right, let's just dive right in. There, there's a lot of imagery excuse me there's a lot of imagery in euphoria that um can be disturbing and i had thought that Mm -hmm. from the beginning even the first season which i think is a better season than the second but that's why like people loved euphoria because it was kind of like whoa where does guy sam come from it was very in your face yeah and so for the people that don't know sam levinson is the son of the director barry levinson he's done a bunch of movies but um, Sam did Euphoria, then he did this movie on Netflix called Malcolm and Marie mm-hmm. with John David Washington and Zendaya, and now he's doing The Idol. But the thing is, which we'll dive deeper on, I think, a little bit, but The Idol originally was supposed to be executive produced by him, and he was one of the co-creators of the show. Yes. But he was not supposed to direct the whole thing. And a big article came out back in March at Rolling Stone that um, Sam took over directing after uh, 80% of the project was scrapped. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I just want to, I don't want to mess up the name here, so let me just refer to my notes for a second. Um, it was a female director, uh, Amy uh, Simons was the one who was attached originally to it, and they got 80% of the project done yeah. before, uh, and I think it was mostly a factor between both The Weeknd and Sam Levinson that they completely scrapped 
what the show was already in like a very expensive six episode first season where mm. it already cost the studio um i think around 80 million dollars well so it's interesting because it's like here they did 80 percent from the rolling stones article it says uh that amy suddenly exited with roughly 80 percent of six episode series finished so it's like what was the reason for her walking away at 80% being done? But then I guess it goes on to say that there was very little explanation for the shakeup, but that there were reports that The weekend, who was a co-creator, felt the show was heading too much into a female perspective. Yeah, which is very interesting because, um, at least I think I could speak to in the premiere, it, it seems that there's, it seems like it's the exact opposite in the premiere. It seems like it's very much in the male gaze, yeah. especially with his character. Um, well, I'm also like, what, too much female perspective. It's a female pop star. Yeah, as like, the lead what, of the as show. As the lead of the show. So why aren't we trying to have a female perspective? Because it's like, well then, what, yeah, I, I don't understand that. I mean, again, I, I they don't say who the person is that's coming out and saying all of this too in the Rolling Stones. They just... I think they refer to I think to it's it multiple crew members that had spoken on it and cast members. members. But the one thing, so I guess let's let's start from the beginning and just explain what the show is. So the show mm-hmm. um, is a show about this uh, girl named Jocelyn who's very reminiscent and they even make light of it in terms of like the writing of the show. She's like a Britney Spears of the modern era. Like she's this rising pop star and she's very, um, like she's she's huge. And, and the thing is that she has a bunch of handlers uh, or that's the only way we can refer to them at this point because you don't really yeah. find well, one out of them said what every role is. they're a manager. Is. I think somebody said I'm PR, but it's just a group of people that are, you're right, handling her life. Um, and we just, that's where we start is seeing her, them all in her house, uh, trying to prepare her. And they insinuate that she just went through kind of uh like a mental breakdown almost Mm -hmm. and that they're trying to get her back into the public eye getting her to bring out a new single preparing her to do performances and it's kind of just this aura of them pushing her in in this scene to do more exactly and you see her reach her limits in scenes like that and uh you have a vanity fair reporter coming to have like a sit down interview with her and talk about her experiences with her mother which i thought was interesting so do you think that they asked vanity fair if they could say their like actual name in the show or do you think they just said it i think i think you're allowed to because it's like do you because they also said live nation which i was a little surprised because i feel like live nation is a little bit more like geared to younger generations and so for them to name drop live nation maybe there's licensing fees the show so the show is co-also here's another this is the most interesting thing to me because i think we're both fans of this company but the show is produced by a24 i know which is and they also so they also produced euphoria i don't know if they produced malcolm and marie but um euphoria is a massive success like regardless of what your thoughts are on the show in general it's a massive success for the network it's made stars out of a lot of people on the show. Jacob Elordi, Angus Cloud, Sydney Sweeney. Mm-hmm. All these people that have come out of nowhere because of the show. And um, the idol tries to make a star out of Lily Rose Depp, who is the daughter of Johnny Depp. Um, and she's been an actress even before the show came out. Yep. But again, this is the big kind of coming out party for The weekend. who even in the show he goes by his real name, which is Abel Tesfaye. Which is an interesting like departure because he has... This name is very synonymous, and I don't know if it's something that he's trying to do to kind I of differentiate. It. It may, it, it's cringy. I think it's cringy. I just feel like he's. 
in a way, it makes it seem like, okay, are you playing yourself? Is that what you're envisioning? Like, yourself in this role? Well, his role in general, too, in the show is one that's very, like you said, it's very cringy. Yeah. And it's something that, uh, it's interesting to note that if this is something that he completely changed, if that's true, again, these are allegations, we're not sure exactly what happened, we weren't on set, but it's an interesting perspective that if that is the case, it seems like this is so much more of a uh, passion project for him and just getting people to participate in what his fantasy is versus creating a show that is inclusive and inviting to mm-hmm. everybody that's there and making the most of it. Because the show in general, again, I feel that every single scene seems really strenuous. Like on the viewer, every scene is kind of hard to get through. And part of the reason like it's hard for us to talk about the story of the show is because there's so much of the story that seems like it was plucked from what the original scripts may have been, which... Again, a lot of the people in that Rolling Stone article talk about they signed up for this show that was supposed to be a satire on, like, Hollywood and the way that and people acted. And fame and producers and that whole world. Exactly. And I just feel like they got stuck. I, I just feel like they got stuck in the sexuality and, like, nudity of the show. And they can't look past that for some reason. Exactly. And I do think it was a creative intention by both The weekend and, again, so Sam Levinson coming on, didn't intend to direct the show, comes on, directs every episode now for the <laughs> whole season, which he there, there were reports even on, on episodes of Euphoria. I don't remember if it was both season one and season two or one of them the other one, but he's very, like, he can't make up his mind a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of reshoots. That's why there was a lot of time in between season one and season two because I think there were commitments by some of the stars, and then when they finally got around to filming, there were so many things that were changed. And, um, again, I think some of the swings that he takes in Euphoria are better handled because I think that the acting is also just better in general in that show. Like, um, like I said, besides the, the actors that have kind of like made their name because of the show, like Zendaya is an established great actress. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. Multiple Um, Emmy wins. Uh, I thought Hunter Schaefer, I think Hunter Schaefer's great on the show. Um, and I can't, I'm trying to think of his name right now. The one that plays, uh, her sponsor. Um, you know what I'm talking about in Euphoria? Oh, yes. Um. Bear with us, everybody. I can't I find it off the top of my head. But, um, so just the acting in general on the show I think is much better. So when it comes to the idol, when you already have a lack of a story because of the writing and then the acting isn't up to par, like, that's hard. I feel like the, the people that were generating at least the most eyeballs for me were her handlers. Like Yeah, um, I agree. So the only I'll be honest, after watching this first episode, I don't really know if 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 I was somebody that wasn't involved and like, oh I wanna watch everything because I do end up watching everything even if I hate it, I will watch everything. I feel like somebody who is just a nor at the normal level T V watcher will not go back for episode two. Based off this first episode. No, I think that... I don't think there was enough storyline for them to get invested in any of the characters. The only character that I actually felt any interest in or empathy for was her best friend slash assistant. Oh, Rachel Senna, yeah. Yes, that was the only character that I was like, huh, okay, she has something going on that I'd actually be interested in seeing where this character develops. Because they didn't show all her cards in episode one. I think they showed way too many cards for Jocelyn. They showed her... I just felt like they were showing us way too much in episode one. 
And so, like, Rachel's character, you don't know where she's going to go. Is she all of a sudden going to get swallowed up by this industry of people that are kind of, like, money, power-hungry, fame-hungry? Or she still has that, like, little bit of innocence and uh, a little bit more naive. So it's, like, is she eventually going to, like, help Jocelyn get out of this situation? Will she able to be able to see, like, no, don't go down this route, like, focus on your music? And so I feel like that character is the only outlet that they have if they can focus on that one. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see uh, her relationship as well with uh, Jocelyn because they've been, like, she's like, it's my best friend. But mm-hmm. they don't necessarily act like best friends. Again, she is also her assistant. Um, but it's a situation where just the show in general, it, it lacks a real vision. And mm-hmm. um, I think it was a creative intention, again, when they reworked the show really? to, to have it this way. But I just don't know if it's really working i think it's a reworked creative intention that was not what a lot of people Mm -hmm. signed up for and i think that's why it feels so disconnected and i think even more on top of that you're in a situation where you're introducing so many characters at once it's it's overwhelming it is and then on top of it you have a very shocking first episode it was there was just a lot of risque stuff going on so you kind of just need to go a little bit slower. I felt they introduced the relationship between the weekend's character and uh, Lily Rose way too soon. That should have almost been like end of episode one and the last possible second of them catching eyes so that you can be like, ooh, where is this going next episode? But instead, they have only... It was about, what, 20 minutes in, and then all of a sudden they see each other in a club, and the next thing you know, they're in a hallway making out with each other. But this girl this girl is supposed to be a famous pop star, but she's in the back hallway of, like, a club making out with some guy. Like, she should have, she would have bodyguards. I, I just feel like it's all over the place, and their main focus is shocking the audience. But, like... There's so many other shows that are doing that in more creative ways. Yeah, I think that, again, they're not very subtle in the way they try to be provocative. Yeah. And The Weeknd's talked about in interviews, too, in the reception that they've gotten from the show. It's like they're trying to be provocative. And he was like, you know, when I first released my music, people had these kinds of thoughts, too. But, again, I think that they're two different mediums, right? So, mm-hmm. again, uh, what this show is, is it's, it's very visual. And television in general and film is very visual. But this show is so over the top and in your face that there are moments where not only that you feel uncomfortable, but because the lack of understanding you have for these characters, it makes it even more harder to swallow. So again, going back to what you were just talking about in terms of just like how quickly they rush their relationships. So fast. The end of the the end of the episode, we see this really, really like over the top weird moment between the two of them it was um, way too much it's for, a lot for episode one i felt like it was way too much and it's crazy because i think that uh some of the things that i read online like again a lot of the w- words that i'm hearing is provocative that's the word that a lot of people are, are using for yeah. the show but some people are like yeah you know like i don't know i was expecting a lot more based on the reception it was getting and yes there's like there's some nudity in the show there's definitely more in like the first few episodes of euphoria i feel mm-hmm. like but I think that in a six-episode series, for this to be the premiere, they, like, totally dropped the ball. Like, yes. I, I think that, and again, going back to what you were saying before, I don't think a lot of casual viewers will come back to watch the show. But I do think, because it's going to be part of the cultural conversation, mm-hmm. I think that it will lead people to just be like, well, it's only six episodes. Let me see what they're going to do about I didn't know six episodes, this. actually. That surprises me. Because I was going to say... A part of me wishes that they put out two episodes last night 
so that you could see a little bit more progression of the story because I don't see how they're going to make a whole season out of this storyline right now because they just put way too much into episode one. I don't even think they'll be able to go on to a season two. There's just not enough meat, in my opinion, for them to elongate this relationship. Well, the other interesting thing I thought that I read online as well was that apparently the weekend character is like a cult leader. Yes. Which, you know, I don't think there's any, like, indication of that when you're watching the show. Like, there's nothing that gives you any indication of that. I mean, his character, again, they have that one line where uh, Rachel Sennett's character says that she feels that he's a bit rapey. And then Lily Rose Depp is like... Which, like, made me want to just... It just makes you feel queasy, and it's also, like, not only that, but it's just, like, it's lazy writing, and it's over the top of, like, Lily Rose then being like, yeah, well, like, I kind of like that about him. Like, so what are you rooting for in this character? What are you rooting for in their relationship? Like, and I understand the show is dark, but, like... We're at the point in, like, society and the world of, like, when we put something out for people to view, you should be aware of what people are how people are going to respond and how younger generations are going to, what they're going to take from this storyline. And by putting that scene out there of being like, oh, he's rapey. I kind of like it. Like what, what are we doing right now? HBO? Like why, why are we approving that and letting people just put that out for the world to see? But I mean, some, some people, I saw some people like the show. Some people think that it's very euphoria but I I think that it's very male fantasy and I don't know why we're putting that out today. I agree. I think that again, I think it's like way more style over substance mm-hmm. and I don't know if there's anything like in my personal opinion I don't know what they would even be able to do in order for, for me to be a fan of the show by the end of season one. Is there something that you could think of that you think could salvage the show? <sighs> So this is where I'm torn because going into this show, I, I and I want to hear what you think too. Going into the show, I thought that they were going to go more at an angle of subtly commenting on the music industry and how the managers and handlers pretend to be your friend, but then under the surface, they can be very, um, they can just use people. And I thought then, ooh, like, that's an interesting contrast with, like, this man being in a cult. Like, are they trying to compare the music industry to being in a cult? Like, what is this comparison? And so a part of me thinks that if they can just, like, pump the brakes with trying to shock us and get back down to just a core story, maybe. But I just don't know what the storyline is going to be. Like, is it going to be... Honestly, in a way, I feel like this is just like Fifty Shades of Grayish, where it's like they're just gonna go off and have all these <coughs> random sex scenes, and then eventually she'll get brought into a cult, and I just don't see how the production and like music industry is correlating at all. I think it's interesting that you brought that up because I feel like what you just described is what probably was the pitch and got so many people to sign yeah. on to what the show is supposed to be. Um, I think that creatively, the reins have just like. It's again. It's like riding a horse and just letting go of the reins, like, <laughs> like just letting the horse let's see go where wild. This goes and not gonna stop it. Exactly. It almost felt like one big music video. Well, I was gonna say, I think in terms of what you were saying too, in the way that the handlers and the people that work with um, Jocelyn's character, like that would be an interesting storyline. But even those characters who are played by, again, I think Divine Joy Randolph does a really good job. Hank Azaria, who I'm a fan of, I actually like. I, I mean, I love Dan Levy. I, I know love we're both Shit's Creek fans, but I, I loved him in it. 
But the thing is, like, these characters are not very shadowy. They're not nuanced. The whole entire show is in your face. Yes. And it's hard to establish, again, like, relationships. And we're coming off of a high for HBO with shows like Succession. And, again, like... An incredible show, by the way. Which, again, uh, just one of the best (laughs) done final seasons ever. And, again, we're comparing a four-season show to a premiere. But the problem is... You have to be able to hook your viewer on these characters, especially in the very beginning. And it's like, okay, well, if you can't get behind the characters right away, you need, at least need to have a story that people are interested in. Mm-hmm. This show doesn't do either either one. So I have a I have a test always, no matter what. I will watch three episodes of any show that I start and then go from there. So I will watch for the next couple weeks. Yeah. I'll see where we end up. And that is half of the season now, understanding that well, it's six so episodes. Well, so then that's the thing. Then it's like, okay, well, let me just see how this goes and, like, what the ending's going to be. Um, I, a part of me also thinks it's almost too similar to Euphoria in the filming, um, and, like, photography aspects. I wish he would have gone a completely different way. Like, it's very different colored lights, short edits, um, very fast-paced camera work, which reminds me of Euphoria. Mm. And so I just feel like he had such a success with Euphoria and was like, ooh, I'm gonna stick with this idea that I created but do it under a different like category almost instead of high school I'm gonna graduate and go to and put it Hollywood in the music, industry. music yeah. industry exactly I think that I think that that's very evident in the premiere mm-hmm. that you can see that this guy only has one style of filmmaking that he likes and the thing is like again we champion certain filmmakers when they we have do. their style You're like right. Quentin Tarantino yeah. mm-hmm. um, that have their very distinct style and David Fincher and things like that and I mean listen Sam Levinson he's a young up and coming director don't mean to completely shit on no what I think he's, he's doing. brilliant I think his like photography skills are incredible he has a clear vision I think he lacks a little bit in storytelling though. At the end of the day. See, I would, I would, I would push. I think, I think again. I think sometimes storytelling is is interesting enough, but I think he's very erratic, mm. and I think his direct. I think he's, I think he's a bad director. I don't Ooh. know if he really knows how to <laughs> direct his actors, and I think it's evident because there are times, especially in this show, I would say Euphoria. You see it more in season two, but there are times where it feels like some of these actors are in different shows completely. Like yes. they're playing their characters, but different versions of these characters and again it really depends on i would love to read the scripts of the first i agree version of the show because i do think that there is an aspect of this where you can come out and be like this is actually something that they could have done in a successful way and having a female perspective and a female director on board with a female lead i thought would have at least been able to make it more nuanced and follow a story and there's a reason she signed on Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd be very interested to see what those first, that first 80% I want to see that was. 80%. I do. I, I hope, go through the first six episodes, let us see season one of The Idol, but then put those episodes out because I want to compare. Because I do think, I, I wanted to say something. I think, um, actually, what was I just about to say? I don't remember. So keep going. <laughs> no, so so what I was actually gonna what I was gonna touch upon for a second was again, so the expose that came out in March on mm-hmm. Rolling Stone, one of the words that um detailed the production was it went wildly and disgustingly off the rails. And I feel like even in terms of the show and the way that it is projected to the audience, it feels very like again, it doesn't feel like they have a clear hold on what the show wants to be. And I think that's gonna be 
like what holds the show back in general. Mm-hmm. It did it did decent with ratings. I think it I think it did had it? I didn't, yeah I it had a little it. bit under a million viewers for the first episode. Okay. Um, and HBO has this especially recently has this string of like shows growing over yes. time. It's their trend recently. Um, we put out a reel that Zach had talked about um, today where we were talking about this crazy run that HBO is on. I mean, we had House of the Dragon. Uh, not This is not in order, but House of the Dragon, Last of Us, Succession, The White Lotus, mm-hmm. uh, Love and Death is a new show that just came out with Elizabeth Olsen and Jesse Plemons that has gotten great reviews. This is a show that is, again, going to be very much of the cultural moment, especially to fill that like euphoria-sized hold in a lot of people's mm-hmm. hearts. I just don't know if I'd be along for the ride... Um, if we weren't in this industry, if we weren't yeah. people that wanted to talk about film and television and this wasn't such a hot topic, um, I am not a fan. I was not a fan of the premiere and it seemed like just a huge shit show. And I, I don't know how it's going to be able to pull me back in again. I'm going to give it three episodes cause that's yeah. the commitment I make to myself when I watch a show. Um, but I mean for, for them to have this 75, $80 million project that you just completely rework and it, it just puts you at a position where as a viewer, you don't know what you're even watching, but what you are watching makes you feel uncomfortable. It's kind of hard to come back from that. Yeah. It makes you uncomfortable without actually having the piece comment on anything. You know, it just kind of makes you uncomfortable to make you uncomfortable, which I, I, I get, but I just feel like for a prime time television spot, it's not the right type. But I also think when it comes to shows, there's like two things that drive a great television show. It's either the characters or it's the story. And I feel like right now the characters, they didn't they barely did any character development. Like they dropped little hints, something about her mom that she recently had like a mental breakdown. But like you have no empathy for her right now. You don't have any connection, which also it's already hard as like an audience to connect to a super well-known pop star because it's a world that not many people today have any relation to already. So it's like, okay, how do I relate to her? But then on top of it, you just, there's no real story yet. Although they say that it's a love story, but I just didn't feel any connection between her and The weekend either. I don't know about you. No, I didn't When they first locked eyes in that club, I was like, wait, what? I was like, why are we already here right now? I was like, I haven't even like sat down and like gotten comfortable and I'm like an invested yet. And yet here we are already seeing like the star crossed lovers meeting. I was like, what is going on? Well, not only that, but the introduction to the weekend's character is just him yelling on a microphone in the middle of a club because yeah. he owns the club and just being like, I got shots for everybody. Just like fucking take them. And it's like, all right, dude, like we get it. But at the same time, like we don't understand anything about your character. What makes you so appealing to her character? I mean, it's obvious based on how, in your face it is that she's a damaged character, right? Yeah. We don't necessarily know exactly why that is. They kind of skirt around it. And mm-hmm. again, I think that plays into the point that we were talking about a little earlier where it feels like there were so many plot details that were just completely ripped away from the show when it was reworked. And I think that the biggest problem going forward is we don't know, again, like, I keep saying the same point, but it's really hard to understand what is going on because we don't know anything about the characters we don't know anything about the story and it's very in your face and it's gross and we're having these sexualized like again the lines of dialogue we talked about before they talk about how she has to sell tickets for 14 year olds and then the final move she's doing in her choreographed dances one of her dancers like covering up her crotch with Mm -hmm. four fingers like how how can you 
how and the other problem with that is like again euphoria now again we watch euphoria but there are high schoolers that watch euphoria it, it's that's always been like an issue in the tabloids and that's something mm-hmm. that people have talked about if people are fans of euphoria and then they see on these coming attractions from the minds of euphoria yeah that's another thing where again if this is making us feel uncomfortable and we're in our like mid to late 20s and then we have teenagers that are watching this show like i don't know it's just the whole thing to me seems gross um I'm not a fan of pretty much everything that I saw. Like I said, the only saving graces for me would be the supporting performances so far from Dan Levy, Hank Azaria, Divine Joy Randolph. Like, they were the standouts to me. I know we talked about a lot of negative because Mm -hmm. this is how we feel, but, like, is there anything that at least kept you interested enough or something that you would like to see more of? I know you brought up Rachel Sennett's character, but... Yeah, so she... Her character is really the only one that I'm very... I'm actually invested in her character, I hope that they start flipping the script a little bit and maybe start... Okay, so it's like when you have these horrible characters, kind of like Succession, like you have these horrible people, but somehow you start to love them. And it's because the writers need to not take them so seriously. Like, don't make it so serious and start showing us, like, yeah, these are fucked up people, and, like, we're not trying to get you to like them, but, like, see how they keep fucking up their lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. And kind of go back to, I think in Rolling Stones, they say they're, like, originally the script was supposed to be a little bit of satire. So it's like, okay, bring that satire in. Like, show us, like, okay, these are huge pop stars, but really they don't know what they're doing with their lives and, like, are making horrible decisions, just like everybody else in the world. And, like, don't put so much pressure on it. But I just don't know if they're going to do that. I'm not sure either. I uh, think that... Like, ju- like laugh at yourself a little bit. Like, yeah. make it make it not so picture perfect. Show us the messy lifestyle. Like, I'd be much more interested in seeing, like, how a pop star goes on stage from wearing practically nothing to then being, like, fully covered up in sweatpants because that's actually how she dresses at home. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see the girl that's, like going to sleep fully naked and it's like who really does that like all the time who 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 is like that all all day long like no way all these pop stars are but i don't know it's it's i don't know i don't know (laughs) yeah i think that in general just overall i think we both have a lot of concerns for the show I think that it was something that, again, I don't know if we were highly anticipating, but again, it was very much in the news and entertainment and just anticipating this show. I do um, have a thought. Go ahead. Um, this kind of, for me, okay, so um, sometimes I feel like shows and like films that have a lot of bad press to begin with, do you, maybe they hype up that press because they're, they don't know how well it's going to be received by the audience. That's an interesting perspective. Yes. Do you have any other shows that you think that uh, this is Oh my god, I'm, I'm forgetting movies? the name. What was the Olivia Wilde movie? Oh, Don't Worry Darling. Yes, that had <laughs> horrible press before it came out. And then yeah. it kind of flopped a little bit compared to what everybody thought it was going to do. Well, I think in terms of critically it did. I think it made yeah. a good amount of money, but I think, again, that's because people come out in droves for Harry Styles. I think that that was a big part of it. But I also think like people see these all these news articles and start reading things, and then you almost get your own opinion first. Because I don't know about you, but I went into this kind of expecting to be um, like on edge and a little bit more like like uncomfortable. Just because in I... A tense, in a tense way, rather yes. than like an uncomfortability Ra- like I, I wasn't going seeing. in being like, oh, okay, I'm going to have like a casual like Sunday, 
like, oh, let's all sit down with the family and watch. <laughs> like, I kind of knew that I was going into something that was a little bit risque. But um, after seeing, like, some of the critic reviews that came out, I was like, ooh, I don't know if this is actually yeah, going to be good. So this show is getting killed, critically. Really? Obviously. Um, I mean, it's got... I mean, IMDb is formulated by fans, but a 5 on, out of 10 on IMDb. I didn't see what it's at for Rotten Tomatoes, but I know it's in the lower... Yeah. Um category but to me it just feels like part of it is trying to be empowering in a weird way but it completely misses the mark on that and i think it's masquerading as this thing that it's trying to be very overtly aware of what the industry is but it's not doing it in a formulated way for the viewer to even think it's as nuanced as it's trying to be yeah like i think that again this is coming from a place where these are these two I mean, again, I love the weekend's music. I can only, I, I can only, yeah, talk about him from a creative perspective in terms of television. But I think that it's just something that he completely became egotistical about and thought that it was something that he thought that he just had a handle on. And he has these other projects coming out. I know he's doing a film with Trey Edward Schultz, who did Waves, which is oh, like one of your I favorite movies Waves. in the last few years. Another plug: go watch Waves if you've never seen it. And he's doing that with uh, Barry Keoghan and uh, Jenna Ortega. So like, mm -hmm. that's another like to me that's an even better cast than what we have here. But like, now I'm not as excited for that kind of project because based on what I'm seeing with this, it's like I don't know if creatively he's the type of person I want because again, him and Sam Levinson together to me just seem like this erratic pair that just has these big ideas and this like overtly male gaze that um when it comes to actually like doing the work it kind of you have to you have to get down to the core idea and like okay how does this correlate to what we want to come off across and i feel like they are just like oh let's do this 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 and this and like then they go and be like but how do they all connect even though we want all these different ideas also i don't know about you but his acting for me, I was I was cringing because it was so cheesy. Well, that was the other thing. I, I would love I would have loved to have seen like if this is something that he really felt like he had to tell this story, right? <laughs> Which I don't understand why anyone would want to tell this story. But if he felt so like empowered to do something like that, why not try to cast somebody that can do a better job of portraying that. Again, it seems like he's just becoming a caricature. Like, I don't, I don't, he's not a caricature of himself, no. you would hope. No, but, I like, hope not. But, like, it's it's almost laughable. It's bordering laughable because, like, like the scene of him when their, her gate to her home opens and he's standing there in, like, a black silhouette. It's, like, major. It's, like, weird. It's so weird. Have you ever seen, it's, um, like, Batman-y, but, like, a joking, like, comedic Batman. Have you ever seen, uh, it's a comedy from a long time ago. Have you ever seen Grandma's Boy? No, I haven't. Alright, so there's a character in that film that is, like, a tech guy and he, like, dresses like he's in the Matrix <laughs> and he wears, like, these dark sunglasses and this big trench coat and as soon as she answered the door for him, that is exactly what That's I saw. That's the vibe. It's and I was so like, cringy. dude, this is a guy that not only is he, like, The Weeknd's a cool dude, but, like, he's mega talented and it's like he's putting himself out there, which... Again, if he's trying to be vulnerable, good for him. I don't necessarily see it that way. No. And that's the reason why I think it comes off, like, laughable. Because I just yeah. don't think it works. But then, like, lean into that. Like, okay, so the scene of after he's at her house and he's, like, saying, like, hi, Angel. Hi, Angel. Like, multiple ways In the into mirror? the mirror. Yeah. That shit is so funny to see, like, 
a L.A. club guy, like, low-key being insecure of how he's going to say, like, high angel to a girl. And it's like, okay, lean into that comedy aspect. And, like, but that's the thing. I don't think he I don't wants think to they play are. I think they're taking it so serious and almost trying to make it, like, horror creepy and, like, very predatorial. And I don't think that is the tone that they should have gone at all. I think they should have gone a little bit more clever and a little bit more, like... Um, just not on the nose. I feel like they keep trying to make it creepy and sexy and like on just, I don't know. Yeah. It's I think working. again, the I tone's th- not working. I think that again, they went for this idea based on the quotes that they wanted this dark satire and then they kind of satirized themselves mm-hmm. and now it's just kind of become laughable. But yeah. or I part know. of me thinks they made like the trailer first and they were like, Ooh, this trailer's so good. Now let's go make a TV show based on it. Well, again, that would fit your theory of it feeling like a music video. It does. It feels like a music video the whole first episode. And then they have, like, I think there's only one scene where it's not fast camera movement. And it's the scene between Jocelyn and um, her assistant when they're, like, sitting down and watching the show. And that's the only moment that she actually has a vulnerable second of saying, like, I just don't want to be made fun of when I put this single out. And it's like, wow, like, that's what I want to see. Like, the insecurity that comes with being a pop star. I don't want to see her walking around, like, gorgeous and, like, dancing in, like, a thong. Like, show me, like, the real shit that everybody feels day to day. Well, again, it's giving the it's giving the viewer a moment to breathe, too, right? Yes, because so you needed it. I want to go back to really quick, just, uh, just because, again, it was a project The Weeknd was a part of. But, like, something like Uncut Gems, which directed mm-hmm. by the Safdie Brothers, they create this moment... Well, they create moments in their films where, uh, and and Good Time uh, does this as well, where they're being obvious with their editing and their camera work and all that stuff in order to make it feel tense. Mm. But there's so much that is projecting um, the story forward, or progressing, I'm sorry, the story forward, that it works really well with their style. Like, it makes you feel anxious and it makes you feel on the edge of your seat and you're like, I don't know what's going to happen to these characters, I feel worried for these characters. You don't feel that in this sort of no. thing because of the way that, again, there's a lack of story, there's a lack of character development. So, again, if they decide to keep this sort of style in terms of the way that the show is presented, um, the only way I think it's going to wind up working to at least flip my perspective on the show is, again, to add those story beats, make sure that the characters have a little bit more nuance to them, make them feel like I should care about them because right now... I don't give a shit about any of them. And I'd be totally fine if I never watched another episode of this show. But again, for content reasons, I will watch at least two more. And we'll definitely talk about it a little more. Which is also why I said before, I kind of wish they had put two episodes out so that we could see, like, okay, is this just going to be every episode? Or are we eventually going to get more? But if they only have six episodes, they really can't put two out at once. Yeah. Should we talk about this next week? Should we we, we move on to the Idol episode two? Well, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Well, would you would you recommend it to somebody based off this episode? Maybe it'll change next episode, but would you tell somebody to watch it? The easy, simple answer is no. I wouldn't recommend the show to anybody. Um, I think that, again, like, Euphoria was a show that I didn't watch uh, the first season when it was on. Like, I went back and watched it mm-hmm. because of the reception of it. But, again... I think there's so much to that show. By the way, Coleman Domingo is the name I was thinking of before. He plays her sponsor. <laughs> just came to he's you. great. No, I looked it up before, but I had to get it out there because he's amazing. Watch everything he's ever done. Um, but in terms of like a show like that, it, it 
there's there's more to it that keeps me watching week by week and there's enough with the cliffhangers and the story that I'm invested in it even though I wasn't a huge fan of season two where I'm still going to watch Euphoria season three if and when that happens. This show is something that I cannot get behind mm-hmm. and I cannot recommend it. So those will, are my final you thoughts know what? on it. I will but, say one positive about this okay. show. The Liz op- is going to wrap us up with something I'm wrap positive it up with one about positive the idol. Thing. The opening sequence of Lily Rose Depp where it's that close up if you don't really want to watch this show, I don't really recommend you watch it right now. Let us watch episode two and then we'll tell you to watch it. But watch the first like five minutes of the episode. I think that is a beautiful opening of showing how 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 much these people in the industry are just performers at the end of the day and they bring that performing into their lives and into their homes and they can just flip on a dime and I thought she did a beautiful job in that first opening sequence of showing the chaoticness that goes in of being a pop star I think she's very talented and I'm excited to at least hopefully see if something else happens with her I thought the opening was beautiful so okay so we'll go off of that turn turn off turn it off after (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> all right guys so again um that is us talking about the first episode and the series premiere of the idol on hbo again you guys can watch it right now on max um right now i wouldn't say that we recommended but again we're gonna watch a couple more episodes we'll get back to you guys um signing off i am darian scalamoni i am liz sago and thank you guys for watching